And all God's people said, there you go. I would like for you to turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 6. And uh, I've listed some events here. And these events, while they took place over a broad spectrum of time and hit different places uh, and different people, uh, these are things, though, that have one thing in common. And I want you to think about this. How many of you can remember Pearl Harbor? Honk your horn if you can. Got a few of you. Anybody in here old enough to remember the stock market crash of 1929? I didn't think so. How many of you can remember the Oklahoma City bombing 25 years ago today? Impacted our lives, didn't it? You think about things like that, and there are other things, that uh, 9-11... You know what happened after 9-11 and after all of these events? Church attendance went through the roof for about a week. Think about that. When times hit like what we're going through now, everybody kind of says we ought to do something religious. We even have a national day of prayer or a statewide day of prayer. Don't get me wrong, I'm not opposed to that. But if it doesn't change our lives or connect us to God, what good did it do? And when people talk about returning back to normal, I'm not so sure I want to return back to normal. In fact, I would like to see God do something exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think so that Christ is glorified after the crisis and the people of God that rallied and prayed and worked and contacted don't quit doing that. In fact, I'm afraid that what happens is we're kind of like this rubber band. You put this rubber band under stress and pressure and it can extend itself farther than it ever thought it could. But once the pressure is gone, back to normal. Who wants to go back to normal? God has better things for us than simply going back to normal. He's shown Himself. He's ministered to us. He's met our needs. He's comforted us. He's strengthened us. And He's been with us through this crisis. And we praise His name for that. In fact, aren't you thankful that we have no cases of COVID-19 in our church that we're aware of? Isn't that great? And we don't want that to just wear off after the crisis has passed. We've got people that are impacted economically. When I drive up and down these streets on my way into the church, I pray for businesses because I know that businesses impact families and families have mortgages to pay and families need to provide groceries and all of those kind of things. Little kids are affected by all of that. I want to see God bless us so that we would return to Him and honor Him and that people would be blessed. And in the midst of that blessing, they would see us, the people of God at Graceway Baptist Church, in the forefront of all of this. Not going back to normal things, but taking the things we've learned through this crisis and amping those things up a little bit. Doing more than we've done before in the power of God and for the glory of God. And here's the scripture that came to mind as I uh, was preparing tonight. Hebrews 6, 9 and following. But beloved, so it's written to Christians, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation. In other words, things we do because we're saved. 
though we speak in this manner, for God is not unjust as to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown in, toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. It wasn't just something they did in the past. They were still doing it, and God won't forget that, and that includes you. Verse 11 says, And we desire that each of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. How long are we to be doing this? Not just till the crisis is over, but until Jesus returns. This is the mission that we have. Ministry in His name and doing more and not doing less. And that's why he has to end up in verse 12 because the people then were like us. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. This is something, folks, that we are to take not as something unusual or extraordinary or weird. This is supposed to be the normal Christian life. I think Vance Havner put it so well when he said, we've been used to living such subnormal lives that whenever we start doing what's normal, people think it is abnormal. Well, let's be abnormal for the glory of God. Let's press on toward better things. Let's come out of this time of crisis and be stronger, more filled with faith, more impactful, more joyful, more dependent upon God, and better witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what we are called to do. Amen. Amen. And so think about the word better. If we were to have points in this tonight, the first thing would be better instead of just normal. Not sinking to the low of the culture, not sinking to the low of maybe where we were before, but realizing how thankful people are. I hope you've appreciated your elders and deacons contacting you each week. I hope that you appreciate the fact that nurses have been helped by your ministry in ERs and other places around our city because you gave and because you were impacting their lives. And what I would say to you is don't stop now. Don't stop now. We've got an open door. There are people who think about us and think about our church and they think about it with a lot of goodwill. Let's hit the gas instead of backing up. Let's do more of that. Sammy and I were wanting to help uh, small businesses and so we try to patronize them. And there's a place where we've gone from time to time that sells popcorn and uh, we made a deal with the guy to give everybody in our neighborhood a little bitty bag of popcorn. We paid for it. They distributed it. It was a lot of fun. And now we've got more goodwill in our neighborhood and opportunities to talk about them. In fact, one person that said, thank you for the popcorn, they said, I looked up the church and I went in and I started binge watching Greg Keenan's messages. Can you imagine? This thing is going to go places we never could go and do things we never could accomplish because our God is sovereign in all of this and He works all things together for good to those who love Him and are the called according to His purpose. How many of you are called according to His purpose? Sound it out. To the glory of God. To the glory of God. So that's the first thing. Better. Better as we come out of this. The next thing 
that we want to talk about tonight is we want to do it for the glory of God, not just the applause of men. Yes, I'm always happy when think, people think better about me or people think better about our church. That's always a good thing, but it is not the ultimate thing. In the book of Acts it says that there were times the early church found favor with the people that were outside. Good, that's the way it ought to be. But the writer of Hebrews says that this is something here that we do because we do them in His name or toward His name. Did you see that? God doesn't forget the works we do toward His name, the labor that we do. It's not forgotten. No one else may notice it, but God notices it. Everything we do has to have more of a goal than reaching other people for our church. I'm fine with that, except it's way too low. It ought to be more than just causing our neighbors to think better of us as Christians. I'm fine with that, but that's way too low. We want people to know our great God that we just sang about. We want God to be exalted in our lives. We want others to see hope in us that they don't find in the media, that they don't find among the politicians, that they don't find in any other venue, but they see believers and they say, why can you have so much hope? And then we give an answer for the hope that lies in us. This, folks, is for and about the glory of our sovereign God. Number three. I want you to also consider that the Bible says something about you and me. We've gotten kind of bad, I think, in the church of the last hundred years or so in taking ministries that we need and hiring people to do them. The Bible never, ever sets up a model like that. I don't think there's anything wrong with having staff members, obviously. That's how I made my living for all of these years. But the Bible says in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12 that these are given so that the members of the church, the saints of God, might be equipped for works of ministry. This is supposed to spread like a virus. This is supposed to spread like a good virus going all over the place, not just here and not just done by a few. You notice that the writer says that you do not become sluggish but imitate those. I got ahead of myself. Let me back up here. And he says, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. This is supposed to continue until Jesus comes again. And it says it's to be done in diligence. It's to be done by all of us, each one of us. That's why God saved you. That's why He put you in a body. That's why He indwells you. That's why He gave you a spiritual gift. That's why you've been learning and growing. That's why you know what you know. That's why you've had the experiences that you have had. Something is supposed to come out of this and it's not supposed to be sluggish but each one of us doing more than we think is possible because we're doing it for the glory of God and in the strength of God and watching for open doors that He supplies. And then the last thing that we find in these verses that it is supposed to be diligent not sluggish. That you do not become sluggish. Evidently this has been a problem for Christians for a long time. We tend to be like the rubber band. Whenever we're stretched we rally. I can imagine back in those days when somebody was thrown to the lions that you saw the church at its best. 
when somebody was stoned, when somebody was put out of the synagogue, when somebody lost their job, you saw the church doing more than they ever thought they could do. But apparently they had the same trouble we do. It's a human problem. When the pressure's off, we go back to being a nothing. We go back to being ineffective. We go back to being just insignificant. God says, I've got better things for you. And you can do far more than you think you can. You can go out of your comfort zone. You can be stretched and actually enjoy it because you're doing it for God and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so tonight, as we think about those things, think about better. Think about the glory of God. Think about diligence in all of this. And, and think about each one of us doing something, not letting or leaving someone else to shoulder the load, but all of us doing our part, doing our part in our giving, doing our part in witnessing, doing our part in ministering to people, doing our part in contacting others, doing our part in prayer, doing our part in studying the Word of God and growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord. And the key here is that while the world in this pandemic is driven by panic, not us. We do it, as Hebrews 6 says, in full assurance of hope. And if you've been watching some of the little videos that I've done, we not only have the hope, we not only realize that we have hope, we not only talk about the hope, but as believers in Christ, brothers and sisters, we rejoice in hope because our hope is a person, and that person is Jesus. He rules, he reigns, and he's coming back one of these days, one day in the clouds. Praise his holy name. Thank you so much for coming out tonight, and let that word be a word from God for you, because if it hits you, it'll hit our church. And if it hits our church, it'll hit our community, and then it'll spread through the metro, through our state, through our nation, and oh, by the grace of God, may it go to the uttermost parts of the earth that Jesus may be worshipped as he deserves to be worshipped. Thank you to everybody who set up and helped us with this tonight. Thank you all for coming here tonight. To God be the glory. Amen.